Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Bob, fantastic to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a real thrill. Yeah, look, I'm, I really look forward to this. I know that behind the scenes, we've been doing a little bit of work together, which we'll talk about more as we we go on. But uh, yeah, I think this, your space around personal branding is something that I get a lot of questions from my community. And the number one thing that they said their challenge at the moment is around marketing. So I think, uh, you know, to bring you on is, is fantastic for you listening out there. Bob is going to give you lots and lots of value. So why don't we kick off with who your ideal client is and what are some of the problems you love to solve for them other than what I've just mentioned? <laughs> yeah, well, my ideal client is really anybody who sits within what I would broadly call the expert space. So people who are really, really good at what they do, but nobody knows it. They may be really well-known in their neighborhood. They're really very well-known within their local community, but they want to scale up. Um, and really, I focus on helping them cross all the challenges that that faces because it, it really is much tougher than it seems at first um, count for most people, especially for those. And this is the paradox is usually the smartest people are introverts. They're quite shy and they don't shout about themselves. Mm. So I help them. Um, achieve that. That's yeah. that's really where I focus. Yeah, and what do you see as you know the people that don't move forward and don't become that expert in the area? What what are some of the the repercussions of of that? Well, people are really everybody has infinite potential, really. Yes. Um, but a lot of the time, that potential is untapped, and that breaks my heart when you see great people who could do great things a lot of the time just with a little bit of courage and some simple systems. So the consequences really are mediocrity. Um, somebody who could have great earning potential, a great career, a fulfilling life, not achieving that. Um, so that it's heartbreaking. So those are the consequences. Sadness. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you know, if you're listening to Bob and sort of nodding your head, I know that that's often how I felt when we used to run our cloud consulting business. And as I said, I've actually got Bob in at the moment because I feel like I'm a little bit in that space. So if you're think, thinking that you're the only person that feels like this, believe me, it's, uh, you know, it's about 90% of cloud consultants feel this because most of us are technical. Most of us are uh, introverts. I'm a little different because I came from a, more of a corporate sales background, but uh, I think for most of you, that's that's the case. And um, you know, the for your business, I know sometimes you know the plumber has got a leaky tap, but you know, for you, what's the best way of you finding these experts and uh, working with these experts? Well, to maybe jump backwards, maybe five or six years, I was very much my own client. For me. Being visible online was painful. I remember in tears on occasion. But it was very clear to me that there was a big patch of nettles or thorn bushes. And in that patch of thorn bushes, there was a pot of gold. And I had to fight my way through it. I spent 10 years working in search and rescue. Uh, I don't know if I haven't told you about this. No. Um, but I remember thinking one day, why is it that I find personal visibility online so painful? 
And yet I've been doing these things that were overtly dangerous and being very happy with it. I remember one night at about four o'clock in the morning in a raging storm and a flood, the river had broken its banks and I had to swim in between a raging torrent and a, and a whirlpool uh, in the middle of the night with a head torch into somebody's house and thinking that didn't bother me at all. I had no problem doing that. And yet a YouTube video scares me. What's going on here, Bob? So it became apparent that there's a process of desensitization that you have to go through in order to get to the point where these things become normal for you and anybody can do it. So I can't even remember what the question was. I got carried away there. You know, no, um, I think you answered it beautifully, which is, you know, I'm, you know, I was basically saying, you know, how do you get leads? And you went back and told us about <laughs> the fact that, you know, for a lot of time you didn't, right? And you struggled, you were yeah. the introvert, you were the person that did it, and now you do. So, you know, how yep. have you yourself improved your yeah. sales funnel and your process of getting people? So I jumped backwards, and it was important to jump backwards in order to say, to explain what I'm doing now. So yeah. um, for me, it's actually, it's a fairly complex process on the surface, but underneath it's quite simple. So really, it's all about like, know, and trust on the one hand, but at scale. Yeah. So the problem with doing business in a local community is lots of people know you, but very few people are your ideal customers. So you end up doing anything for anyone. Will you walk my dog? Yes, I will. No problem. But if you want to be really, really specialist and your audience, they're all specialists, then more people need to know about you. Your catchment area is not going to cut it anymore. So you need to scale up your visibility. Um, so for me, that's through podcast and YouTube and what I call online networking, but you need the visibility context, the YouTube and podcast in order to stand out when you're showing up online. So there's that. But then alongside that, having systems to bring people in a little bit closer because that visibility is all quite um, at arm's length. And the problem with micro-celebrity, if you call it, is people kind of think, well, you must be really busy. You, you're, you're too big to deal with little old me. So you need a method of bringing them in close so they can get to know you, build like, know, and trust, and a bit of intimacy. And then you can have a sales conversation. So for me, that's things like webinars, masterclasses, um, even one-on-one -on -one conversations, showing up where people are and inviting those conversations. You'd be surprised how readily people will have them. But it needs you to build that authority and the visibility in order to have the systems and processes around that. Yeah, and and you know one of the things I like to talk to you before because we'll get to the the personal roadmap which you uh, branding roadmap that you've been helping me with. But uh, just before we do that, around um, you, know, you said you're an introvert, you found it easier to swim through a you know a, a torrent of water than it was to uh, to engage people um, or to 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 sell effectively and you know it was interesting i had a client today who's a fantastic client but when it went to cold sales he was like uh, you know he just wasn't doing it and i said come on the elephant in the room here and he's like look yeah. i just don't like it right and i'm sure that if you, you might be like that as well and you're sort of nodding um so you know you talked about you know how um introverts can sell better and some hacks around being an introvert and selling uh, i'd love to for you to share them with um with you listening here? Well, first off to that cold selling piece, I became accustomed to that as well because like a lot of people, I had to sell. I had to kill what I ate yeah. uh, because I was running a business. And back then, the business model then, I employed quite a lot of people. It was a big machine. 
So I had to do the cold calling. But I remember somebody saying to me that it's really simple, Bob. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter where you show up. One third of people are not going to like you. They're going to just say, no, they're going to have a reflux reaction. They're going to actively dislike you. One third of people aren't going to care. They're not going to pay attention to you at all. They can take you or leave you. But one third of people, they're going to actively like you. And whatever you do, you need to know that this is going to be the case. So whether it's cold calling or whether it's running a webinar, whether it's doing a YouTube video, you're going to have those reactions. The thing with cold calling is it's immediate. But that's the beauty of cold calling is it's immediate because your yes is immediate as well. Yes. Um, So what do I do? What some sales hacks for introverts? I think is leaning back on systems and knowing that the system works. It's really important to not take rejection personally. And the way I think of that is it's not me, but it's the version of me that has to do this. It's almost like an alter ego. Yes. That I, I have a there's a there's a version of Bob that's comfortable with doing these things. Yes. And I step into that role. It's role. It's acting. Yes. Um, and that way the rejection is never personal. The rejection is um, to the version of you that you've created for sales. But alongside that, much more tactically, it's it depends on how much volume you need in sales. So people like you and me, we don't need a lot of volume. We need quality. Yes. So the problem that I have a lot of the time with sales, and a lot of people will feel this, especially if you're quite shy, is going there cap in hand saying, please, sir, will you be my customer? That's never going to work very well. So taking a much more service-led approach to sales and selling, where you're, you're there already as part of your sales conversation, providing value. So leading with free consulting, free uh, assessments, that's one route that you can take. And it works really well. It feels much better. But leveling that up, using something like a podcast as a route in to a sales conversation can be really clever because you're going to your ideal customer. If you get your formatting right of a podcast or a live show, say, you're my ideal guest for this show. I'd like to showcase you for 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes. Would you be up for that? Hell yes. And at the end of that conversation, the natural consequences. So Paul, tell me, what is it you do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Additionally, I, I, like, I often talk about the law of balance. Nature loves balance. So if you've gone into a conversation giving value, giving value, giving value, nature is primed to try and level the scales. So it's very unusual after that kind of situation for somebody to reject a sales conversation. They might reject the sale, but they won't reject the conversation. And if you ask anyone in sales, if you can get the conversation, what's your conversion rate? Well, it's usually at least 50%. Yes. Could you ask for more? So that's probably my main sales hack. It's not something I employ in my podcast, but I encourage other people to do it because I don't need a lot of sales at all. And something I would say is a consequence of building a strong personal brand is the referrals come much more easily. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Look, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, it, it just becomes a, a, you know, a, a, you know, funnel, I suppose is a word overused, but, you know, from a marketing point of view, the better your marketing is, the easier people like know and trust you to have the sales conversation. 
the better the system and the process you have, which is, you know, I love to help people with, therefore it's easier for the conversion. And then, you know, also help with the operations and the delivery side. But I think, you know, for me and my business, why I've engaged you, Bob, is because of the fact that, you know, it, I'm new into this business model. I'm new helping, you know, cloud consultants like yourself listening. But, you know, I, I need to to make it easy because I'm very good at the outreach and, you know, I can do LinkedIn outreach and I can get people to do the outreach. But you may not need to do as much of that if, like you said, you've got the positioning right and you've got the referrals coming in. So I think that's where, you know, it works, works really well. And the fact that, you know, neither of us are, um, I've got a lot of follicles is just by chance, I think, but I think the fact <laughs> that the marketing and the sales work together is, uh, it's more appropriate. And, you know, you, you've shown me this roadmap, um, and at the end we'll show, um, we'll let you know how you can uh, go and, and get that, but just take us through, you know, the roadmap and why it's so important in positioning yourself as an expert. Um, the, the, the roadmap came around, came about because, I would, I've, I've been through other people's training processes to try and understand how to build my business. And I would be there with other people and I would see for some reason, some people would fly ahead and others would really struggle to get any traction at all. Mm. And alongside that, my podcast is the personal brand entrepreneur show. I think uh, nearly 200 episodes of that, where I've really focused on interviewing people who I have either excelled in building their business around their personal brand or they support people in particular elements of it. And through my own journey and through the sort of vicariously, the journeys of other people through the podcast, it became clear that there is a straightforward process to all of this, that yes, the landscape looks very chaotic, yes, but for you to be successful, there is a structure to it. If it's a little, and it can be hard to articulate sometimes. So there's a diagram version of this that helps make it a little bit clearer. The analogy yeah, which, I often uh, Sorry, just Bob, uh, um, we will have that for you in the, the show notes, so we'll make sure that's in there. All right. So the analogy I often use is if you look at different kinds of maps, there's really detailed maps, and then there's tour guides. So the this is essentially the tour guide of what the landscape looks like. It, it leaves off everything that isn't essential to the journey and your, your experience of it. And it really focuses in on a tour guide and an itinerary. So it begins with the foundations of really understanding who you are, who you're for, what's your value to those people, and then getting the basic building blocks in place to express it so that if people discover you, they can understand. Um, and then having a method of them engaging in that first transaction with you, which doesn't necessarily cost money. Um, and then it's looking at building your authority in your space. So you're not just one of many, but you're the one of many. Uh, and that's an exciting place to be. And it doesn't take an awful lot to achieve, far less than you would think. Um, and then scaling up your visibility. What's your content play? Where are you going to create what I would call these attention assets? So podcast, YouTube, blog, if you really, really hate visibility, it can still work. And then looking at product and productization. I think one of the things when you, when you don't have a big audience, your monetization options are few. Mm. The bigger you scale your audience, the bigger your monetization options. Some of the most successful people I know 
they'll have 15 or 20 revenue streams. And some of them are very non-obvious. And these, some of these smaller revenue streams add up to significant revenue streams. So making sure that you have a, a firm base in your revenue streams and you have the systems and processes around the automation of many of those. So you don't have to be constantly keeping the splits spinning. But there are some elements of your business that are, I hate to be crass, but making money while you sleep. It is possible. Yes. And then, and, and sorry, just on that one, Bob, do you, you know, a lot of, so Taki Moore that you may be familiar with, you know, he does a lot of great work for coaches and consultants on marketing. His view is, you know, uh, one service, one product for 12 months, right? Get that one right. And then you add others. What's, you know, you've talked about maybe 15 being your, your key income streams. When should we start to think about broadening that, that portfolio? Well, your audience, for example, as soon as they start creating content, there's affiliate opportunities. And the thing with affiliate opportunities are the best time to start is right now. The the best time to start was 10 years ago, pardon me. The next best time is right now. Um, I remember watching a video from Sean Cannell, who's one of the biggest YouTube trainers, and he was talking about their business is wholly built on affiliate sales. Obviously, they get some monetization through YouTube, but he has videos that he inserted affiliate promotions a decade ago that a decade ago was pointless. It was worthless. Now he's generating 15, 20 grand a month from that video he made a decade ago, but it did nothing for him a decade ago. So affiliate revenue immediately, I would start inserting. The way I look at monetization is that affiliates build that in right now, 100%. Yes. yes. Monetization, a lot of people, they will, when they have a small audience, they think I need to go low price. Yeah. Actually, that doesn't work very well. Low price works better when you have a larger audience. So as your audience grows, you can insert lower price offers. Yes. Um, yeah, but I think the, even and, and and sorry, and just the pure maths makes sense that way, right? Like you don't have to have as much sales and marketing if you're if you're having less less clients paying you more. So I totally agree. You know, start there. Um, all the the mentoring and coaching I've had, and now I say to the same thing is like always sell your highest ticket item first, right? That's the one that's going to re- really move the needle. And and when I say first, I don't mean is the only thing they buy per se, but I mean your core product that you focus on and then add to it, which uh, if I've got it right, that's what you're saying as well. It is. I think the the human nature is, especially if you're not accustomed to sales or selling, is it's always easier to sell a cheaper product. But the, and the, but the problem is, it is always very easy to devalue yourself if you don't have confidence. So having some, again, we'll, we'll talk about roadmap in a minute and 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 frameworks and how this will make selling easier. Um, But having something that is productized, as in you're not in the situation where somebody's saying, yeah, how much is it? Well, it depends what you want. That that actually becomes a problem for you because you have a negotiation. And if you're in somebody that isn't confident with selling, you're not going to be confident with negotiation. So actually have a box with some set contents and it'll be far easier for you to say, this is what's in the box and this is what it costs. Yeah. Um, 
but have some other boxes as well with other things. Um, but yeah, I know I'm, I'm not articulating an answer to the question very well, but it really depends on where you are in your business is the simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so, so far we've talked about your ideal client. We've talked about, you know, no cost transactions, the, the one-to-many sale content and making sure that, you know, you've got a clear content play. We've got product and, um, and productization. What, what are the other elements to the roadmap? Well, I think to come back to the, to the product piece for a moment, because I, I realized what I wanted to say, and I, this, an error that people make at lots of different points in their journey is they try and do the wrong things at the wrong time. So if you're at the beginning of your journey and you're trying to diversify, you're going to struggle. But if you're well-established and you have a large audience and you only have one product, you're under-monetizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same if, if you're trying to create a big audience, but you're not really clear about who you're for, again, you're going to struggle. So it's making sure you're doing the right things in the right order. And this is really what the roadmap helps you resolve is productized product diversification makes sense as, as a culmination rather than as a foundation. Yeah. Right. And then we're looking at, so the final stage in the roadmap is sales and scaling and really the methods and structures around that. So things like building a community, traveling masterclasses, actual product launch processes, uh, and powerfully things like joint ventures and collaboration, which if you've done all of these things, you're in, well, you're in a great position to do. If you've built your network of peer collaborators, that kind of thing works really well. If you, but if you're trying to do it as somebody who has no audience, nobody's going to want to collaborate with you. Um, and finally, paid content, ads. I wouldn't let anybody spend any money on ads until they've got a really strong structure in place and they've already got something that's selling well. Yes. Yeah. So this, this all makes much more sense when you see the roadmap diagram in place, but it really is foundations, build your authority, build your visibility, build your product range, and then sell and scale in that order. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, a lot of the consultants, uh, cloud consultants that I work with, because of that introvert nature too, I, I do think there are things you can do that are people are, are warm in your audience whilst you're building this brand, right? Because some people might be thinking, oh, Bob, I'm going to have to wait too long. You know, it's, you know, this seems like a lot of work and I'll, and I'll touch that in a moment. But, but I think that, you know, the key thing here is that, you know, we've been doing some great things with tapping into existing networks that you forget about. You can do outreach. Your clients have actually got people just like them in their networks you can tap into. So you can do that. And then like the joint venture partners you talk about, you can, you know, you said before, you know, the best time was 10 years ago, whatever. The Chinese say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now, right? You can start building those relationships, which will benefit like your affiliate that you used. And, uh, you know, and I think so there's those things you can do whilst you're working with someone to, to help with your yeah. personal brand. Now, I know that you're itching to say something, Bob, so I'll uh, turn it back to you. What, what, what were you thinking as I said that? Well, what I was going to say is, yes, this often looks like a complicated process and clients, when they look at this, they can be intimidated and they, th- they can think that's an awful lot that I have to do before I become successful. And what I respond with is, yes, what you see here is a long journey to a magical place. 
But as soon as you step on the path, magical things start happening. There's all these happy accidents will start happening once you start working on this process. I, you make one YouTube video, it could, and you post that on LinkedIn. Somebody, this happened to me the other day. I post, because I didn't post my YouTube videos on LinkedIn. I started doing it. Two videos in, somebody who knew me 20 years contacted me and said, wow, Bob, I haven't spoken to you for such a long time. I think you're the guy to help me. That for me is a 12 grand a year client. Yes. Um, one video in one place, one transformation, a massive client. Um, these happy accidents will happen all the time when you start showing up in other people's lives. Yeah, yeah, great. And and the other thing, if if you're, I'll, I'll give you my perspective of how I'm working with Bob and how I've come to it to help you, right? But, you know, for me, I would have meetings with my team. So I've got a team that helped me with my content, et cetera, with my podcast, and it'd be the blind leading the intelligent, right? So me being the blind that I didn't really know what good looked like. So I'd say to someone, hey, just go and look at, you know, it might be Pat Flynn's work, it might be, you know, someone else in the space, just go on to what they're doing on YouTube and then just plug it into us, right? And I call that abdication, not delegation, right? I was completely abdicating my responsibility as the owner of the business on what to do, right? So what the reason that I've brought Bob, Bob in to help, and if you think it's like a virtual CMO, is that I love the sales. I don't love the marketing. I don't like talking about myself. I'm an Australian. Uh, Bob's, you know, Scottish, but typically we don't like it as much as if you're in America at the moment or Canada, right? That's just the way that it that it goes. But now what I can do is say, when my team say, well, what should I do with YouTube, Paul? What should I do with my social media content? What should I do with the workshop? I can say, Bob, can you please help my team? So I've got the implementation, but I haven't got the strategy to do it. So if you're sitting here thinking, God, that's the gap I've got at the moment, because what do I know about personal branding and marketing myself, right? I've been in a technical background for so long. I'm lucky I've had 23 years or 28 years of sales experience. And a lot of people get upset because, you know, they're like, you know, someone's rejected me. Like you said, I love that third or third or third that you spoke about before. But also you haven't spent 28 years in sales, right? So I think that's the role you critically play. So that's the way that I see it, Bob. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast. So if you're listening now and you're having the similar gap in your business, you don't have to do it all yourself. You can have a Bob. So that's my view of it. You know, yeah, your builds or your comments based on that. Well, thank you. I think you're right. I think the problem that a lot of people have is it's a very confusing world. And the analogy I often use is if I were to walk into a power station in the control room, it's just a wall of buttons and yeah. you have no idea what to do. But the guy in the control room, he knows, yeah, no, I actually just need to watch these two buttons and everything else will take care of itself. It's really knowing how to how, how to seep through the chaos into the essential. And it's different for every person. The problem with trying to reverse engineer somebody like Pat Flynn's ecosystem is you're trying to revent, reverse engineer the effect and not the cause. Yes. And it's really, really difficult. And that really is my strength, I guess, is being able to see the, the, the cause and not the effect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as they say, what's the, you know, you can see that it's hard to see the label from within the jar, right? And I think that's yeah. why it's very hard to market yourself and it's much better having someone in to help do that because you, you know, like I've got lost, I've got all the assets, right? But at the moment, it's not in a nice bow that makes it easy for you, hopefully, to join our community and do other things. So that's, you know, Bob's in the job of bow bow presenting now versus swimming in uh, torrent water. So look, um, you know, and, and I think the roadmap, which we'll have, and, and Bob's got a 33 page um, that goes into more detail, right? So you've got the one pager, but also what accompanies that is, you know, more detail on that. So I won't ask more questions about that uh, for now, Bob, but if, you know, what's the number one reason you see that experts don't do enough to let someone else in, right? So because someone listening now might be thinking, yeah, but I've been burnt in the past, right? We've all had experiences where we've had marketers and it hasn't worked. And, uh, you know, the, those those pills are bitter, bitter to, to, to swallow. You know, what's your advice on that? Yeah. I think that the challenge that I have in my business, probably the number one challenge, is people have hired people to come in and help with their marketing in the past. And a lot of the time, they'll, they'll hyper-focus on a tactic. So they'll hyper-focus on search engine optimization or uh, a podcast, but it's not integrated. There's no journey. And I think this is the key thing that's missing is how does everything integrate into a whole, a system, a marketing system that actually is much bigger than the business. It, it, it's you as the business owner as an integrated part of it. Um, you talked about abdication before. And the biggest problem that I have had in the past is somebody says, here's the thing. Business is, is all about a value exchange. I have something you value and you have a need. So we bring the two together and we have a transaction. It's about pain and relief. And business owners feel the pain. I, have, I want more customers. I want more customers. So somebody offers them painkillers and says, here, I will do search engine marketing. Oh, that's a tasty painkiller. I'll have that. The pain feels better for a little bit. What you needed was diet and exercise, not painkillers. So I'm the diet and exercise guy. This is the way that it needs to be built out in order for you to be properly healthy as a business, rather than just taking the pain relief of somebody's doing my search engine marketing. And that might work. Um, so most agencies will focus on parts and they'll focus on the parts that they can do because they're the things that you'll pay them to do. But what they won't tell you a lot of the time is we're only part of the solution you have to show up as well. And when that happens, things can get really interesting. Somebody said to me, I, I, it, for me, this is probably the most important takeaway. I had a client, no, I had, I had a podcast guest. And you probably get pitched podcast guests all the time. I get probably two or three emails a day. And usually it's just delete. Yes. This one was a lady who made soap. And I thought, oh, soap? Really? Personal brand entrepreneur show? And then I read the bio, which I usually don't. And I thought, what's going on here? She made soap at home in her bedroom 
or in the kitchen rather. Bedroom's a bad place to make soap. Yes. But she, within three or four years, turned it into a $25 million business. I thought, hang on. So many people make soap at home, sell it at farmer's markets. It's not a $25 million business. What's different here? So I had her on the podcast and eventually I got to this question. And she said, you know, the thing is, your business will only grow when you grow. And I thought, that's it. Everybody thinks they're finished. Business owners, they just want to carry on being who they are and not step into a bigger world. So I can't even remember what the question was, but I knew I wanted to make this point. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, that, it's a great point. And, and, and I think for, you know, where the, the takeout I also get from that is that often if you've been burnt by agencies in the past, like agencies are a bit of a round peg in a square hole for what we need, right? Most of us, we are the people that are doing the sales. We are the people that are you're still in delivery. Our face is the face of the business. Yes, you've got a Microsoft or Salesforce or whatever in the background, right? But people are buying you. And often the agencies are giving you tactics and strategies that are for large volume, bigger businesses, right? And that's why, you know, I think, um, well, it's the reason why I brought Bob on. I don't think I know that because, you know, that'll be it. And we'll have Bob back because what I want to do is a before and after, right? We have, you know, this is what I was like before and then have Bob back to talk about me as the case study is is after. But um, I think that's really important. But what we're going to do now, Bob, is just wrap it up with a couple of quick questions with some quick responses. Are you ready for that? Quick responses. You know who you're talking to. Yeah, correct. I will try. Shotgun Bob. Uh, so the uh, first one is um, daily sales habits. So what are some of the daily ha- sales habits you do to accelerate your sales? Um, I think my daily habits are really focused on what I would look at as a monthly cycle. So it's what's happening around my content um, and what am I working towards as what I would call conversion events. So for me, I'm not cold calling but I am running webinars and masterclasses and I am appearing on virtual summits and things like that. So making sure that the momentum is maintained. And I think for me, the key word in sales is always momentum. Great. And I know that you do a lot on personal branding and marketing, but around your sales and sales capability, where do you find tips to improve it? I, I, I don't. Um, for me, I've done enough learning. I know what I have to do. For me, it's more of a discipline issue. So more information doesn't make me any better at the moment. For me, it's all about action. Right. And if I could grant you one wish for your business today or you listening and me, grant Bob a a wish, what would that be? For me, it would be more discipline. I think one of the things that I work on with business owners as well um, is personal development. And I would say for me, the one area I could certainly benefit with a bit more of is discipline. Well, I could maybe help you. I, I think I'm the only person I know that actually wrote a book whilst on dialysis. Most, <laughs> uh, so that took a fair bit of discipline. So maybe we can uh, could talk post the show. And uh, the last one is, you know, what's something that you know now that you wish you had have known earlier and or implemented earlier? That a plan doesn't really help you very much. Uh, Well, it does. A plan is a good idea, but too much detail isn't going to help you. I think the mistake that I see so many people making is waiting for such a clear plan 
that they never move. And the problem is, it's a little bit like when you're trying to drive at night. If we can only see 25 meters in front of us, and logically, knowing that that's the case, you would never put your foot on the gas. But it's only when you start moving that you can see further ahead. So movement, action will trump everything. And it's in the action that you learn. If you don't move, you will never learn. Yeah, fantastic. And I think for me to sum that up is that, you know, part of the action is because you don't know what to do. That's why for me, I bring on a, a Bob who's going to help my team because we'll have better action and it'll, it won't be perfect. It'll be progress over perfection, but it'll be better than me saying, go and look at someone's content, which, you know, we all know that wasn't, uh, wasn't going to get us there. So uh, look, you can uh, get the personal brand roadmap two ways. It'll be in the link in the show notes, or you can go to amplifyme.agency. So that's amplifyme.agency uh, forward slash roadmap and get it there on a uh, uh, Bob's beautiful website, uh, very different to mine. And also check out his website, his podcast, I should say, which will be on in the show notes as well, which is Personal Brand Entrepreneur Show. So Bob, it's been wonderful working with you so far. I can't wait to have you back with the success that we're going to have together. But also for you, you know, reach out to Bob if you're experiencing some of the challenges that he spoke about today and uh, and get him to help you as well. So all the way from Scotland, uh, from me down under here in, in Melbourne, Bob, uh, thanks for being on today. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much for enduring my blethering. <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.